Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today on the show, we're talking about treasure, both the cursed kind and the regular shiny kind. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes of our favorite video games. I'm your host, Connor, and joining me as usual, my uh, my good buddy, Jaden. How you doing, sir? I am very good. I'm excited to look for treasures. <laughs> me too. Let's, let's get on the road to El Dorado without further delay. But one other item of business, we're also joined by a special guest today, uh, Dan of The Greatest Story Ever Played. How are you, sir? Doing great. Great. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. We're happy to be, you know, collaborating with you, having you on. What can you tell us about Greatest Story Ever Played? What do you uh, got going on over there? Yeah, uh, our podcast, uh, basically, uh, in a similar version to you guys, we do kind of deep dives into different story-driven games. So we've hit up stuff uh, like Uncharted or Last of Us or Life is Strange, that sort of deal. So we kind of do those and, um, yeah, just break down the game in a big way. So it was cool uh, meeting you guys and seeing that. Uh, we love a lot of the same games. Absolutely. Uh, it's always nice to meet kindred spirits and kind of share thoughts. And if, yeah, if you've done episodes on Uncharted, then this is going to be exciting because yeah, I'm a bit of an Uncharted freak, you know, more or less. Uh, it's a, one of my favorite franchises. And uh, Jaden, I know that you had a unique perspective on the franchise. Uh, yeah, I am. It. I'm definitely the newest person to the Uncharted franchise. In fact, I started by playing the fourth one. You know, as as everyone does, of course. (laughs) Right. That's the way to do it. Yeah. When you walk into a GameStop and they're like, hey, this game is $10. I went, oh, fantastic. (laughs) What's what's that order? Some people say you should watch the Star Wars movies in where you like kind of go back and forth. Oh, my God. Yeah, it is. uh, You kind of did that with Uncharted a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, it's episode four, five. Then you're supposed to watch two and three, then six. And you're supposed to not watch one because one has no relevance to the story. Yeah, skip Phantom Menace altogether. No, that's smart. <laughs> that's funny though, because what? Gotta what was, skip it. <laughs> yeah, might as well. But that's that's great because what we're talking about specifically on this episode is uh, kind of the stories of Uncharted and how they sort of took different directions over the course of the series. We're looking at sort of a the veering between uh, cursed mythical treasures that kind of drive the plots of these games and into the more mundane kind of earthly goods and wealth that become the uh, plot devices of the later games. It's really interesting how that affects the stories, how it affects the characters and uh, kind of builds different experiences for the player. So let's get into it. Uh, I guess starting at the beginning, when we're looking at Uncharted, Drake's Fortune, the first game to come out, what was that, like 2009? Um, Sounds about right. It was like kind of a powerhouse uh, new IP for Sony that sort of came out of nowhere and really... uh, Started a started the rolling boulder that was story driven games that kind of got that rolling I think, and to start a uh, scruffy you know everyman type guy named Nathan Drake 
and uh, he claims to be a descendant of Sir Francis Drake, the legendary explorer, and uh, he's looking for El Dorado. And, you know, it's a pretty, I think we can all agree, it's a pretty, uh, I won't, I'm not going to say cliched, but it's a pretty understandable kind of plot. Hey, this guy wants treasure. He's, he's an adventurous type. He's looking for El Dorado. We all know El Dorado. But there was a twist toward the end of Drake's fortune. It turned out El Dorado was uh, not a city, but a statue. And that statue happened to contain uh, a curse of some kind, a virus that turns people into bloodthirsty, feral creatures. So that kind of gives us our first paranormal twist of the Uncharted franchise. Dan, what did you think of that twist when you first played? Was that like kind of unexpected or? Yeah, I thought it was totally unexpected. Uh, a, a cool twist because, you know, in, in uh, Uncharted 1, the German, the Nazis had previously been looking for El Dorado to try to win World War II. And mm-hmm. you stumble upon this Nazi bunker full of zombies. Uh, what, <laughs> right. what a cool turn. I, I didn't expect that at all. It was it almost felt very Indiana Jones like where, you know, like okay, cool. It's a treasure hunter. This is cool. I'm into this. And then it's like, no, actually. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the, oh no, actually this guy can uh, pull hearts out and set them on fire with his mind. And like, it's, yeah, it, it's very, yeah, it was very Indiana Jones in a kind of a video game format. And just and, like Indiana uh, Jones, you know, the Nazis are like, all right, we found El Dorado and everyone goes, cool. It's deep in the heart of enemy territory. How do we win with this? Uh, good question. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> they, they find the all powerful artifact from beyond myth and it kills them immediately just just like raiders of the lost arcs they they never learn do they those crazy nazis uh but then moving on to uh the sequel in among thieves we're on the trail you know drake and his friends are on the trail of uh shambhala the the mystic city of uh, shangri-la and you know the tibetan mountains uh you know it all starts with marco polo and the lost fleet and all this stuff it's a winding curve that eventually leads us to this lost city full of blue ape guys that are super powerful and jump around. And there's also this uh, uh, Chimtamani stone, I believe it's called, and it's believed to have wish-granting powers. But that turns out to just be the amberized, kind of fossilized sap of the, the life tree. <laughs> so like all these like weird, all this weird shit starts propping up and uh, then getting into Drake's deception, we're on the trail of yet another lost city called Arama the Pillars or the Atlantis of the Sands somewhere in the Arabian desert. And guess what? That happens to be full of genies. Basically <laughs> it's like this, um, this cursed brass urn or whatever that poisoned the water in this, uh, sunken city. And it makes people go insane. It's like the psychotropic drug. Uh, then yeah, uh, after that we kind of see Nathan Drake grow up a little bit. He's settled down with series heroine, Elena Fisher, you know, our, our favorite, our favorite journalist turned treasure hunter. And he's kind of given up on the game. And then he comes back in one more time. He, they thought, he thought he was out. They pulled him back in. Well, his brother did. That's another story, though. Uh, to find the lost treasure of the Gunsway heist. One of the last big scores that legendary pirate Henry Avery took down. And uh, they end up finding the mythical sort of pseudo-historical uh, pirate colony of Libertalia somewhere off the coast of Madagascar. And... I think even right there, we kind of see how this is different from the first few games. This is a little bit more grounded. This is like, I mean, all, all of them are inspired by history, obviously, but it's more kind of the storybook history than the hard and fast textbook history where it's like, hey, these guys existed. Sure. We're maybe saying they did stuff that they didn't do. You know, we're kind of maybe taking some liberties with some of their lives, their life stories. Uh, but then you get there 
and they find the treasure and they find out that the pirates kill each other over it. But this isn't cursed gold. It's not like, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean where like if you take it, you become undead. It's, it's just it's just gold. It's just uh, it's just, it's just a coins. pile of money. The most cursed exactly. object of all time. Yeah, it's just it's just money. And I think what undoes the pirates in that story isn't, you know, cursed golden sarcophagi that turn them into zombies or, you know, a sap that turns them insane and blows them up or like a, a genie water that makes them see stuff that isn't there. Uh, it's just gold and they get greedy and they kill each other. And that kind of, that's a departure. That's not, that's not like a paranormal thing. You know, we, we do see a definite break in the pattern here with uh, uncharted thief's end and uncharted lost legacy. The treasures, the MacGuffins, the plot devices are no longer otherworldly. They're no longer like a storybook kind of sci-fi twist on historical fiction. It's just kind of straight up historical fiction. So it's, you know, that's what inspired this episode today is just talking about did, did that make the games better, worse, just different, and in what ways? Do you guys have any thoughts on when you noticed this difference, what you thought of this difference? Did you think that the that Uncharted Thief's End was better for this difference or did you think it was kind of missing something? Is this kind of a break in the Uncharted formula that shouldn't have happened or is it a good thing that it happened? What do you think? I think it's a good break personally. It just uh I think that, you know, probably after a while, having supernatural supernatural means as to why uh, the treasure's cursed or whatever, like, it seems like you'd recycle plot points after a while. Yeah. And instead, you get this uh, good picture with Drake and his brother of, like, uh, will you do anything to get this treasure or not or whatever? And And you see that with the pirates that, like, you know, there was, like, the Elite Four or whatever, essentially, and then they start slowly cutting each other out, and then it's two boats so full of treasure that they like cause their own deaths kind of thing. And it's like, uh, that treasure can corrupt you too or whatever. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. It was, it felt like a natural switch, but like, uh, um, yeah, I thought it was cool. I think that's a great point. Uh, you, you used the term natural switch there and that's kind of like, that makes me think these games evolved, you know, they grew up just like we talked about Nate, uh, Nathan Drake himself kind of growing up between Drake's deception and thief's end. I think maybe the stories grew up a little bit too. They start dealing with more mature themes like, you know, greed and avarice and unchecked ambition rather than just hey, this is a this is a wacky powerful thing that, you know, the bad guy wants and you can't let them have it. Absolutely. I mean, if you if you even look at um the opening to Uncharted 4, uh you know, it's 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 him in his uh attic uh reminiscing about the good old days. In fact, he's so bored, he set up targets to shoot at with a with a Nerf gun because he's he's trying he's trying to preserve the old Nathan Drake, the old way of his life. And then, in a weird way, his brother comes back and tries to drag him into his old life again. But he doesn't actually go into his old life because he's not that person anymore. He's not the cavaliering adventurer who can go off and do whatever he wants. He's got a family that he has to worry about now and. It's it's almost as if his brother acts as a as a dirty mirror to be like, hey, I could have been you, but I decided to to go another path and actually start a life for myself and do something other than treasure hunting. And look how it's benefited me versus you, who's spent your entire life chasing after one treasure. Right. And his brother even acted as the uh, incentive to do it. Like, I don't think I think Nathan Drake wanted to treasure hunt while he's, you know, working at the docks and stuff like that. And is kind of like, whatever, I've got a day job. But then his brother like incentivizes him to do it. But during this journey, he's like, oh, 
I was like Sam before and I don't know if I want to be. And it, it's, it's cool. Like it's a, it's a good uh, reflection to see. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you, you definitely see a lot of conflict in him. Like he's uh, reluctant to go back into the life, but then he starts to kind of like remember why he loved it. And when there's that devastating, heartbreaking scene where, you know, Elena kind of confronts them and uh, he has to explain himself. He, she makes a good point. Like, you know, the, the look on your face when you walked in here, when you were talking about the treasure, like it's just, this is what you live to do. And you're lying to yourself. If you say otherwise, I think when the stories kind of take a more realistic, I, realistic is a relative term here, but when they take a little bit more of a grounded kind of down to earth uh, approach, you maybe you do have a little bit more room to explore that human element. There was plenty of human element in the first few games where there were these paranormal MacGuffins driving the story, but uh, that was kind of the, the conflict came from those treasures. Whereas I think the human conflict was more center stage in Thief's End. Uh, it's it's a it's a thrill ride. I think those first few games really trying were really trying to nail that cinematic thrill ride feel, and I think these kind of fun imaginative spins on these old tales of history were kind of necessary for that. So maybe it wasn't even a strength so much as just it was a necessary approach to make these stories interesting. But as we saw with the later sto- with the later games, you don't need that paranormal approach to make them interesting because you can kind of put the characters even more into the forefront and make them really drive the, the narrative. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here, but stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, Lore Party listeners. This is Lawrence, one of the producers here on the show. I'm dropping in to talk about some of the amazing content that the team has developed and that you're obviously aware of seeing as you've made it this far into this amazing episode. I would encourage you to scroll through the rest of the feed and check out some of our spinoff podcasts as well. Our episodes are easy to follow and may even inspire your next video game purchase, which is why I'm pretty much addicted to Stardew Valley. Anyways, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and chat with us on social. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. One last thing that kind of I thought would be interesting to talk about. This is just kind of getting speculative. We've we've talked about kind of the treasures in all these games, uh, not including Golden Abyss because I haven't finished that yet. That's <laughs> kind of that's for the Vita, so we're just gonna leave that. Yeah. Leave that where it is. We're like not, most people I mean, who bought a all, Vita. You know, all props to that game. <laughs> just gonna leave it right yeah. where it is and never touch it. <sighs> that's making me sad right now. I wish, God, I have a Vita and I just don't touch it much. <laughs> anyway, and you're the a, reason it's that's dead a whole other now, episode. Connor. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, blame Sony, Jaden. It's all them. Yes, of course. They stop supporting it. But no, <laughs> that's a whole another episode. That's a whole other discussion. Um, but no, in the main games, you know, we're talking about the treasures and how, at least in the earlier ones, they're kind of these mythical objects and artifacts that sort of defy explanation. How do you explain a sarcophagus holding a mummy that breathes this black dust at you and you turn into basically a twenty eight days later dude? <laughs> that's, that's 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 how you end. Um, how do you explain that? So I'm like thinking like, you know, the games got more grounded, the treasures got more grounded, you know, they're more easily explainable. What if there were explanations for these early treasures too? What if, if you studied them long enough, you could kind of get an understanding of this could exist on earth. 
this could have existed as like an, an ancient force that people before us, like the you know older civilizations, understood that hey, we shouldn't probably let this get out. <laughs> we should probably bury this in tombs and set traps, and uh, they'll make movies about it later. <laughs> but um, you know, what if this is getting right way out into the weeds? But what if that El Dorado parasitic plague thing was kind of an offshoot? of like the cordyceps from the last of us, huh? We're getting kind of game theory here, but huh? I don't know. <laughs> Thinking like this could be scientifically explainable. I don't know. I'd like to believe that, uh, way, 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 way back in time when they were constructing El Dorado, uh, one of the guys working on it was just biting on an apple and then a bird pooped on it. And he went, "Ew, that's gross. And he just dropped it in the hole. And thousands of years later, <laughs> We got a zombie apocalypse. And the, the bacterium. And that guy is smiling down from heaven, <laughs> yeah. being like, I did that. <laughs> is he smiling or is he like kind of pulling on his collar, going, oh, I mean, dude, the guy spent, you know, his entire life building this 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 thing, and then all of a sudden a bunch of white guys show up and try to steal it. Wouldn't you be happy if your oh, yeah, if okay. your leftover lunch there killed that guy? Come on. There you go. No, yeah, you see uh <laughs> you see some some of your ancestors or some weird dudes showing up and stealing your life's work and uh they get their come up and see yeah, I'd I'd be happy with that. That's fine. But you also look at uh the Aram of the Pillars, uh, you know, the the MacGuffin in Drake's Deception. I mean, what if that's just LSD? Like what if <laughs> what if the people what if the people who lived in the Atlantis of the Sands just kind of were the early pioneers of psychotropic drugs and their whole water supply got spiked. And so they, <laughs> they kind of just tripped themselves. They had a, they had a monumentally bad trip and their entire civilization collapsed. Top 10 what, ancient what if? that went wrong. <laughs> Number three will right. shock you and bury your city. The real start of EDM. <laughs> yeah, they also invented EDM while they were at it. Uh, that raves. <laughs> it's just, it's fun to think about. I, I will say I, I kind of touched on it earlier, but, um, I do think like the the paranormal supernatural uh, parts of it were good for the early franchise to establish what the universe is because it, it kind of does establish that there is magic in this world of theirs in a way. And then as it grows, as as Nathan grows and as we grow up uh, not playing the games, not me, obviously, because I play the fourth one. But you guys, uh, when you were <laughs> growing up and playing them, you know, you realized, oh, hey, maybe it's maybe we should move away from that. Maybe we should go on to the adult portion of our lives where. The only magical thing there is the power of money. <laughs> right. Lots and lots of money. Okay. Well, I think that brings us about to a close here. But uh, Dan, I wanted to thank you one more time for joining us today. Uh, you know, thanks again for coming out from Greatest Story Ever Played and uh, joining us on this topic. It's been a been a pleasure. What um, new stuff do you guys have coming out over there that uh, you'd like our audience to know about? Yeah. Uh, one recent episode we did that we really enjoyed was talking about Night in the Woods, just uh, getting to visit Possum Springs and uh, this weird animal town and see what was going on there. That was really cool. We uh, talked about Pokemon Red and Blue a little while ago recently, too. That was pretty awesome. So those were cool recent ones. And to find us, you can just look up The Greatest Story Ever Played on you know Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. And we're pretty active on Twitter. If you go to at StoryEverPod, you can find us there and uh, engage with us and check out more episodes. Awesome. Great. Uh, well, thanks again for joining us. And uh, that about wraps it up. We hope you all enjoyed this episode. If you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.